Hello, and welcome to the Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast. I am your host, the anxiety nutritionist, gut and hormonal health expert, yoga and meditation teacher, and cat mom, Taylor Chandro. And this podcast is designed to show you how to relieve and resolve your chronic anxiety through the powerful combination of food, lifestyle changes, targeted supplementation, gut and hormonal health optimization, nervous system regulation, yoga, meditation, mindset, lifestyle coaching, and more. And this is your April AMA episode where one question actually turned into a whole conversation around anxiety, seasonal allergies, immune system health, and a little bit of COVID at the end. At this rate, I think these Ask Me Anythings may turn into one question per episode. We'll see. But, you know, I've said this before and I'll say it again and again and again, probably, but your questions don't have simple, kind of quick answers. There's always so much context, and I want to be able to give you as much information as I can so you can sort out your next steps, whether that next step is working with me or another practitioner, or you're just going to go at it yourself. I want you to feel like you have all the information or at least everything I can give you in about an hour. And with that being said, let's dive into the episode. Okay, another AMA episode. I love these so much. I have no idea how many questions I'm going to get through today. The first question has my brain going in a million different directions, so let's just start and see how far we get. Question number one, do you have a workshop or know of one that's around building the immune system? I've literally been sick four times this year, and whatever I have right now, I think my second round of COVID is really bad. It's the worst I've ever felt. Okay, I'm so excited to talk about immune system health. Short answer, yes. I have several workshops that address building a strong immune system. There's the how to reprogram your gut so your anxiety can calm the fuck down workshop. There is the how to eat so your anxiety stays far, far away workshop. And there's the how to eliminate common gut pathogens that create anxiety workshop. I'm going to link all these in the show notes. They'll be clickable clickable links for you. And then you can also bundle these workshops. So the Bye Bye Anxiety Bundle or the Complete Gut Health Bundle. As always, anything I talk about will be a click, like if it's a product of mine, it'll be a clickable link in the show notes. And you can also go to www.tejandro.com slash workshops dash bundles. This is where all my workshops and all my bundles live. Uh, And of course, the Breaking Up With Anxiety four-month group coaching program also covers in-depth, I mean, it's it's not a program for immune health, but it's going to cover everything that you also need to build strong immune system function. But let's talk a little bit more about immune health and how this is very deeply connected to anxiety. I do also want to talk a little bit about what's happening in the body kind of when you get COVID and how to be, um, I guess not proactive isn't the right word, but how, what to do afterwards, after you get it. But let's start with general immune health. So your immune system is how the body defends itself against toxins and pathogens like parasites, viruses, bacteria, mold, chemicals, metals, etc. So if there is stress in the immune system, this is going to manifest through symptoms like frequently getting sick, like the lovely lady who asked this question and has been sick four times this year. And in some extreme cases, this can actually look like never getting sick because the body is unable to produce an immune response. Other symptoms are fatigue, digestive issues and symptoms, bloating, um, autoimmune issues and autoimmune related conditions. So, you know, your thyroid, PCOS, endometriosis, anxiety and depression, of course, increased food sensitivities and environmental sensitivities. That's right, y'all. If you have seasonal allergies, you are not stuck with this. This is because of stress in the immune system. And you'll hear me talk about this a lot on this podcast and probably future ones, because I used to have the worst seasonal 
allergies. Like they were so bad. And I'll explain a little bit more when we get to the allergy, seasonal allergy kind of part. And now I don't have seasonal allergies anymore. So if you want better immune health, you want to start by focusing in on five main areas. What's your diet like? Are you getting good quality restorative sleep? What does your daily stress management practice look like? You want to reduce inflammation. And of course, you need to know what's going on in the gut. And guess what? Those are also the five main areas I would also start with if you're looking to tackle chronic anxiety. Chronic anxiety meaning if you have daily or weekly or pre-period anxiety. You may or may not have a formal diagnosis of generalized anxiety disorder or panic disorder, but this is still where you start. Gut health, reducing inflammation, sleep, stress management, and diet. So let's break down these categories a bit, and I want to give you some tangible things that you can put into action right away. I'm going to start with gut health because if gut issues are present and digestive function is compromised, you cannot just rely on food, okay? Because nothing will be absorbed properly. The focus needs to be on re-establishing optimal digestive function and key, there are going to be certain key supplements that are going to be necessary to make this happen. So the exact supplement protocol I recommend can be found in the How to Reprogram Your Gut workshop, the Bye Bye Anxiety Bundle, uh, because that has the How to Reprogram Your Gut workshop in it, and of course, the Breaking Up with Anxiety group coaching program. I get a lot of questions like, but how do I know if my gut issues, or how do I know if I have gut issues? Like, how do I know if that's a root cause? How do I know if I need to address my gut health? And this is exactly why I created the How to Reprogram Your Gut workshop. It's a three-hour workshop that walks you through the four digestive imbalances that create anxiety. So low stomach acid, an overworked liver, small intestinal permeability, and then large intestine. So that's your colon dysbiosis there. And what I do is I really take the time to break down all the other symptoms of each of these imbalances, and I ask you to rate it, and that's how you will know which areas you need to address. I cannot legally or ethically do this outside of developing like a practitioner-client relationship, so I created this workshop to be the next best thing. And if you want me to do this for you and you want me to go through your symptomatology, I do offer a consult called the Anxiety Relief Consult. It's a one-hour private consultation that includes a full and complete personal health history review, complete review and explanation of your symptoms. So anxiety and panic, if those are your symptoms. And then I also ask you to pick your three, three other symptoms, physical symptoms that you would love to see eliminated. And then I explain what's going on there. I give you a detailed explanation of the root causes behind these symptoms and behind your chronic anxiety. I can do a test result review as well. If you have any test results from another practitioner or your doctor, blood work, something like that, but it has to be within the last six months. Otherwise it's just outdated. Um, and then I actually summarize all of my findings and my suggestions, including supplement dietary and lifestyle recommendations into a report with you. So you literally will leave this call with a detailed report and a suggested action plan, including supplementation, dietary, and lifestyle strategies. So again, you can always click the link in the show notes to learn more about that. But those same four imbalances I mentioned that create the symptom of chronic anxiety, so low stomach acid, overworked liver, small intestinal permeability, large intestine dysbiosis, those also massively influence your immune health. 70% of your immune system is housed in your gut. And the response of your immune system to toxins and pathogens, again, like parasites, viruses, bacteria, mold, chemicals, metals, it's all taking place in your gut. You literally cannot have a healthy immune system without a healthy gut. They are one in the same. So your GI tract, so your gut, has what is called gut-associated lymphoid tissue. GALT is the acronym. 
And the main objective of gout is to determine if whatever is about to enter the rest of your body from the gut is good or bad. Is it friend or is it foe? And this can include food, dietary molecules. So your immune system is going to decide or gout is going to decide, okay, is this an invader or is this a friend? And then it's going to initiate the appropriate immune response depending on that decision. There's a few different immune system responses that can happen, one being the IgE or another being IgG response, where your immune system attacks things, whether that is an actual pathogen like a parasite or an environmental pathogen or a harmless food particle that hasn't been digested properly. So then it's crossing the mucosal barrier, the lining, the gut lining, and this response results in the production of cytokines and antibodies, and this initiates a systemic inflammatory response. So IgE, immunoglobulin E, this is like a rapid immune system response, and it can very much be triggered by food. And then immunoglobulin G, IgG, (laughs) is a more delayed um, immune response that can also be triggered by food. And this is what food sensitivity testing is looking at, which if you listen to episode 11, part one of the real root causes of anxiety, I kind of poo-pooed on food sensitivity testing. And the reason for that is because it's just another test for another symptom. And what it's telling us is that your gut health and immune health are compromised and there's high levels of inflammation in the body. But removing those foods it's not, it's like not addressing the issue. It will give the body a break, which is great, but it doesn't actually address the actual cause. So you're going to remove all these foods, hoping that will make you feel better. And it might for a bit, but soon enough, other symptoms are going to pop up because the actual root causes, the gut health, the immune health, the reasons your body was reacting to those foods in the first place, the inflammation, that wasn't addressed. So I'm not against food sensitivity testing, but if you're going to get it done, do it after you actually do the deep work of optimizing your gut health. I took one food sensitivity test years ago, like 2015 or 2016, and I have zero issues with all of the foods that came up because the issues were not like the food, the food sensitivity, the food sensitivity was a symptom. I'm getting all fired up here. (laughs) When what I actually needed to be doing was focusing on my gut health. And I mean, never say never, but I really don't see a situation where I would ever get that kind of testing again, like where I would ever spend my money on food sensitivity testing. But I mean, don't quote me, maybe years from now, I'll be like, okay, I got it. And this is why. (laughs) In which case I have no problem saying I've changed my mind or that I was potentially wrong. But what we really want to be doing is reducing the need for this IgE or IgG response. And this is a never-ending process. You should always be thinking about keeping your gut healthy. It should become a lifestyle. And this doesn't mean that you can't ever have gluten or dairy or sugar, corn, soy, but it needs to be massively reduced. It's been years, like since 2015. And I still make sure I'm doing certain things every single day to keep my gut in tip top shape. Oh, if anyone listening hasn't watched my free class called the three secrets to natural anxiety banishment, make sure you sign up for that. It's pre-recorded, so you can watch it at your own convenience. I'll link it in the show notes. Actually, it's linked in the show notes already um, under my two free resources two free resources to get you started on your journey to anxiety freedom. You just have to scroll down a little bit. It's near the bottom. But in that free class, I walk you through exactly how to address your diet, gut health, and hormonal health, and how when you can do all of that at the same time, which will take a few months to work on, by the way, that's when you start to release anxiety and panic and other symptoms as well. So to optimize digestive function, both for your anxiety banishment and your immune health, you want to look at identifying and eliminating any potential stealth pathogens, parasites, viruses, bacteria, mold, chemicals, metals. And this is exactly what the how to eliminate common gut pathogens that create anxiety workshop will walk you through. You want to also remove and reduce 
remove or at the very least reduce inflammatory foods. That will shift a bit depending on the person, but for pretty much everybody across the board, it's things like gluten, dairy, sugar, corn, and soy. You want to um, support stomach acid. You want to optimize liver function using strategic and targeted supplementation. You want to exercise according to your cycle, working with your hormones, not against them. You want to support the growth of the beneficial bacteria in your gut, in the large intestine, um, and you will need a daily stress management practice. And you will want to work on reducing inflammation. Inflammation starts in the gut, and it's from a combination of a few things. Number one, dietary choices. There are inflammatory foods, the ones that I just mentioned, that drive inflammation. Then we have intestinal permeability. When the integrity of your gut lining is compromised, also known as leaky gut, and this can happen for a bunch of reasons. Chronic stress, be that physical, mental, or emotional, a bacteria imbalance, um, any bacteria imbalance in the gut, especially when the bacteria grows where it shouldn't be or lives where it shouldn't be, SIBO in the small intestine, household and environmental chemicals, high alcohol intake, Dietary choices, again, will impact this intestinal permeability, and long-term medication use and over-exercising are the really big one that I see. Then there's also something called the hygiene hypothesis, which advocates for like a consistent exposure or constant exposure to microbes in early infancy and or in infancy and early childhood, because this is going to contribute to the health and the responsiveness of the adult immune system. And without exposing our little ones, um, their immune systems don't develop properly. So let your kids eat dirt. <laughs> don't over-sanitize anything or everything, for goodness sake. Chronic inflammation, which so many people have, and especially if you have been living with an anxiety disorder, this is going to overstimulate the immune system. And there are several branches to the immune system. And your immune system is always responding to your environment, kind of swinging like a pendulum. And this is normal, this polarization, this swinging back and forth. But if the immune system does not swing back into balance and that polarization persists, this is going to lead to even more inflammation, allergies, anxiety, depression, ADHD, and infections. I'm just going to get really nerdy for a second and talk to you about inflammatory cytokines because I did mention them and I kind of quickly glossed over it, but they really impact our behavior. So I have an episode coming out in a few weeks with uh, Dr. Michael who wrote a fantastic book called The Power of Awe, which I read, I loved, and so I had to have him on the podcast to talk about, talk more about this simple and powerful practice of awe that can massively help to reduce anxiety, depression, burnout. So stay on the lookout for that. But him and I spent some time geeking out over the role that cytokines play in our mental health. Cytokines are these master communicators of our cell signaling network in our body. They're proteins that go around and report news to cells located anywhere and everywhere in the body. And news spreads fast, like gossip. <laughs> if the body is under threat by a bacteria, a virus, a parasite, even those harmless food particles, your immune system will release threat cytokines that are pro-inflammatory. So these are inflammatory cytokines that basically run around and they tell other immune cells to attack. They say, hello, there's an invader in the body. It's like this alarm system. And these little gossip queens have now triggered a cascade of physiological effects within the body. One of these being to create inflammation as a form of protection. Everything your body does is to protect you. All those shitty symptoms that you experience, that isn't your body failing you, that isn't your body hating on you, that's you not taking care of your body properly. And so now your body is scrambling, trying to protect itself and therefore you. Every single cell in the body has a cytokine receptor site. 
which gives these cytokines this widespread systemic influence on the body, increasing inflammation levels, keeping them high, but also impacting your metabolism, your hormones, your behavior. And just to give you some specific examples, we have different types of inflammatory cytokines. We have the interleukin-1 and interleukin-6. Interleukin-1 is triggering fever, but also feeling tired, withdrawn, unmotivated. Interleukin-6 is anxiety and worry. And then we have TNF-alpha, tumor necrosis factor alpha. It's a cytokine that has a plethora effects on various cell types, including increasing hostility, aggression, and anger. And like almost everything, there is a yin to the yang. So we have threat cytokines. These are the ones that are inflammatory. And then we also have safety cytokines that are anti-inflammatory, and they activate the parasympathetic nervous system. If you have chronic anxiety, if you want to boost your immune health, you need to be thinking about reducing inflammation. And I have talked at nauseum about all the dietary ways that you can do this. But of course, there are herbs and supplements that can help lower inflammation as well. Some of my favorites are NAC, quercetin, quercetin, licorice root, ginger root, melt thistle, boswellia, and curcumin, curcumin as in turmeric. But if you're only relying on these supplements or these herbs and you're not um, also doing the dietary changes in in addition to addressing the leaky gut and stomach acid, liver function, gut dysbiosis, you know, curcumin ain't going to do shit. (laughs) I hear a lot. I hear a lot from a lot of people, things like, you know, I'm taking probiotics or magnesium or curcumin and it's not doing anything. And of course, it's not doing anything because one thing is never going to do anything or it's never going to do everything. The answers you are looking for are always going to be layered. And the onion analogy is one of my favorite analogies to describe this health journey and life in general. As an onion grows, it accumulates layers. And so do humans. As we grow, we experience lessons, challenges, struggles, stressors, traumas, triumphs. As adults, we have so many layers. We have so many stories we tell ourselves. And all of us have a high accumulation of habits. And a lot of these habits are not serving us. And so now the work begins. Slowly, layer by layer, we have to shed these habits that are no longer serving us and build new habits that will set us up for long-term, optimal physical and mental health. So there is never going to be a magic pill solution, be that pharmaceuticals or nutraceuticals, aka supplements, because there is nothing that is going to target all the layers of the human onion. And for this reason, therapy isn't a one-stop shop either. Okay, switching gears a little bit, because up until now, I have covered diet, gut health, and inflammation, and the role that plays in not only your immune health, but your mental health. And I also wanted to share a little bit about seasonal allergies, because this is something that I am so passionate about, because I have struggled with it forever. So when I was in school for nutrition, we didn't have a textbook that was like nutrition for mental health or anything like that. I had to piece all of this together through every textbook and every lecture and all the course notes. I just pulled out all the pieces that had everything to do with mental health and figured it out on my own. And then, of course, when I left school and I started to dive more into the research, I did start to find some actual books that were more specific to gut health and hormonal health or how diet and how all of these things impact mental health. I actually did an Instagram post with the eight books I recommend. I will link that in the show notes as well. What I did to eliminate my anxiety and panic and depression, how I help my clients through my programs and my workshops do the same, those books in that post don't cover all of it, but they do cover a lot of pieces of that work. Anxiety is not an incurable disorder. 
you can release it and you have so much more control over it than you think. So anyway, all that to say that one of my textbooks was actually on allergies and it was about how to naturally heal allergies. Now, keeping in mind that I had allergies since I was little and never, never, ever, 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 ever had I been told I could heal from them. But sure enough, you freaking can. (laughs) And I am living proof of that. My seasonal allergies used to be so bad. They would start as soon as the snow started melting, like in the spring, and they would continue until the first frost. I would, oh my gosh, like, (laughs) I don't even know where to begin with just how ridiculous it was. My parents used to have to pin me down and put drops in my eyes. I wasn't born with allergies. I developed them later. Like, I don't know, maybe I was like seven or eight or something like that. And they would have to pin me down before school and like put these drops in my eyes. For years, I had these prescription eye drops that were like 50 bucks a month and they didn't really do anything. Um, I guess they helped a little bit, but then I bailed on so many events growing up as like a teenager and a young adult. I cannot even tell you how many times I didn't go to places and I stayed home because my allergies were so bad. Constantly running nose, like I would go through boxes and boxes and boxes of Kleenex, like an entire box of Kleenex a day. My eyes were puffy and red and I, I have glasses. I wear contacts a lot and I couldn't wear my contacts. My contacts would flip out of my eye and I would lose them. <laughs> I was at a Justin Bieber concert once and we took like a limo with a group of friends and it was like this whole thing. And I had, I was miserable. I had the worst time because my eyes were bothering me so much that I I didn't go out with people afterwards. When one of the first sleepovers Steve and I had, I went through an entire box. It was like in the summer. I went through an entire box of Kleenex and I was just like throwing them on the floor and I woke up in the morning and it was just like this nasty pile of Kleenexes. And to make matters worse, I slept. I was sleeping with this cold cloth over my like red raccoon eyes. That was like one of his first impressions of me. Like, what is wrong with this girl? The list goes on and on and on. Here's something very important that I need you to know. You know, write this down somewhere. Remember this. Symptoms appear when allergic load is reached, meaning that things are going down in the body before a symptom appears. The symptom rarely appears right away, unless it's like an anaphylactic allergy. Some people do have immediate responses, immediate digestive symptoms to food, but usually the symptom will manifest later. So when you start to holistically address your symptoms, you need to have freaking patience. I know it's hard, but just like things were happening in the body before you felt the symptom, things need to happen in the body first before you feel the relief. Uh, I wrote an Instagram post maybe a month ago with another one of my favorite analogies. And the topic of the post was, why are women more susceptible to mental health struggles? And then I took just one example because unfortunately there are many, but one of the examples and one of the reasons is called the toxic bucket theory of health and disease. So according to the environmental working group, women use on average about 12 products a day. And these products, especially if they're not clean, green beauty products, can contain 168 different chemicals. Many of those chemicals are hormone altering. Men still use products as well, but they use fewer products for the most part. And so they're looking at maybe an average of 85 chemicals on their body every single day. Your skin is an organ. What is on your skin will it can get into your body. It's not like this Fort Knox, like nothing that touches my skin gets into the body. No, 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 no. What you put on your skin matters. So for women, this increased exposure to hormone altering chemicals is one of the reasons that women are more susceptible to mental health struggles. So the toxic bucket theory of health and disease is basically this. Picture a bucket you're at the beach and you're filling up a bucket with water or sand. 
Your body is this bucket. And as you move through your life, you are exposed to things that fill up the bucket, like environmental toxins, unfiltered water, mold, heavy metals, um, the toxins that are in your beauty and household products, calorie restriction, over-exercising, emotional stressors, trauma, not getting enough sleep, antibiotics, birth control, long-term medication use, financial stress. You get the gist, right? And at some point, your bucket becomes full. Okay, the body has hit its threshold. You've seen this. You everybody has filled up a bucket before. A bucket's not never ending. At some point, the bucket is full and it'll start to spill over. That's what's happening. Your body has hit its threshold of what it can handle. And then the immune system starts to overreact and produce a lot of inflammation. And again, this is meant to protect us, but it does come with a lot of symptoms, one of which is anxiety panic attacks. Other symptoms can include headaches, trouble sleeping, indigestion, bloating, constipation, mood swings, depression, fatigue, cravings, uh, brain fog, anything with the skin, rashes, itchiness, psoriasis, eczema, acne, uh, feeling like you get sick often. You've, you know, the lovely woman who asked this question, you got sick four times this year, muscle aches and pains, and seasonal allergies. The immune system is overstimulated in response to toxins that it starts reacting to non-pathogenic particles. And guess what some of the root causes of allergies, seasonal allergies specifically, are your diet, digestive difficulties, and stealth pathogens like parasites, candida overgrowth, mold, heavy metals, gut dysbiosis, anything contributing to inflammation. And antihistamines are doing nothing to address any of that. To break down histamine in our body, we need an enzyme called DAO, D-A-O. That's the acronym. I'm not even going to pronounce it. <laughs> if you do not have enough DAO compared to the levels of histamine in the body, this can result in allergy-type symptoms. So antihistamines, what they're doing is they are blocking histamine receptors but they're not actually breaking down histamine. And this may work in the short term. For some people, antihistamines don't do anything. For those that the antihistamines might help, it's short term. It's not a long-term solution because it tells the body that histamine levels are too low. So what's the body going to do? It's going to overproduce histamine because it thinks your levels are low. Again, it's trying to protect you. It's trying to bring you back into balance, also known as homeostasis. And there is no medication on earth that is going to beat a body in homeostasis. Like that is your best bet. That is the best medication that you could possibly be on. It's not even medication. It's having a body that's in homeostasis and we have to work for that. And this is the issue in general with pharmaceuticals. And again, I was on I was on birth control for 10 years. I have taken rounds and rounds of antibiotics before I knew about all of this stuff. I was on Prozac for four years. I took Ativan. So in no way am I shaming anybody for taking pharmaceuticals. There's 1,000% a time and place. But they are addressing the symptoms. They're not addressing the root causes or the sources of the symptoms. And they will create other imbalances and other symptoms, especially if we're not supporting the body because all medications are going to create deficiencies. And so we need to support what the medication is taking from the body. It's not, if you have to be on some type of medication long-term, it's not a life sentence. There's so many things that we can do to support the body. So when people ask me, what can I take to boost immune function? My answer is, well, what is compromising your immune function? Because how the heck can we know what to take if you don't know what's compromising it in the first place, you want to boost your immune system health, you want to release your anxiety, look at your diet, look at your gut health, and investigate for stealth pathogens. Is your body bucket full? Probably. And it probably needs to be emptied. So how do you do that? Again, you're looking at diet, you're looking at lifestyle, and you're removing, or at the very least, reducing what is filling up the bucket and putting physical stress on the body. This is step one. And this is exactly what we cover in the Breaking Up with Anxiety group coaching program. Next, you want to look um, at your drainage pathways. 
And you want to make sure they're open and flowing, not sluggish. So this means things like the colon, your pooper, what's going on there, liver, kidneys, lymph, and your mitochondria health. If any of these areas are under functioning, the body will struggle to do what it is built to do. And it is built to naturally detox and drain the toxins we are exposed to in our environment. And when those get trapped in the body, the bacteria, the chemicals, the heavy metals, the parasites, the mold, the viruses, holy moly, does that ever create the symptom of anxiety and panic. I cover this step in depth in my workshop, how to eliminate common gut pathogens that create anxiety. And this workshop is also included in the Breaking Up With Anxiety group coaching program. Okay, what else can I say about diet that I haven't said for strong immune and mental health? Uh, You want to load up on things like fruits and vegetables that are full of antioxidants, of vitamin C, of B vitamins. I also recommend supplementing with vitamin C to all of my clients. The one that I like can be found in the supplement shop, which is also going to be linked in the show notes. I have a Canadian and an American um, immune support supplement shop. Eat more protein. 100 grams of protein, high quality protein a day. Let's go. (laughs) Are you sick of hearing me say this yet? Animal protein, especially because that's going to be really rich in the B vitamins that I mentioned um, and zinc. There's an acronym uh, ACEs plus zinc, which stands for vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E, selenium, and zinc. Those are the core nutrients of immune health and vitamin C and, and zinc are big ones for keeping anxiety and depression far, far away. So yeah, check out the um, immune support supplement shops that are going to be linked in the show notes. It's free to create an account and you can look at the supplements and recommend, um, you can look at the supplements that I recommend and I have a bunch of notes and explanations in there as well. Now let's talk about your daily stress management practice. It's super interesting, at least I think so, (laughs) but acute stress can actually enhance the immune system. Stress is not bad. It's when stress is chronic that it's bad. Acute stress enhances the immune system. Awesome. But when that stress becomes chronic, it will suppress the immune system by lowering the numbers of circulating lymphocytes. It's just a, it's a type of immune cell that's made in um, bone marrow and it's found in blood and in our lymph tissue. Without enough of these circulating, your body can't defend itself against bacteria, viruses, parasites, etc. Remember those cytokines I talked about? So chronic stress is altering their balance, which is also inducing inflammation, which if you don't know by now, you know, how many in it, 30, 40 minutes into this episode and from other episodes, that inflammation is very important. Reducing inflammation is very important. Here is an example of a chain reaction that would happen, for example, when stress is chronic. So chronic stress triggers the brain to release a hormone called corticotropin releasing hormone, which then signals the adrenals to release cortisol and adrenaline. This causes a massive histamine release and reduces the innate immune system function. This is the Th1 immune system. Specifically, there's different branches of your immune system. But when this function is reduced, the pathogenic oversight is reduced. So this is going to lead to increased pathogenic activity in the body and infections. Now, this person is going to go to the doctor and get antibiotics because they have some kind of infection, be that a yeast infection, whatever it could be, something on the skin. Uh, like I said, anything with the skin, maybe like a rash, hives. It could be a bunch of different things. The antibiotics are going to create gut dysbiosis and food sensitivities, driving inflammation. This increased inflammation is going to deplete glutathione, our master antioxidant, which is how we get a handle on the oxidative stress in our body. When oxidative stress is high, boom, we have nervous system imbalances. Now our sympathetic nervous system is on. We are stuck in fight or flight. This is going to decrease vagal nerve function. When we have poor vagal tone, this decreases stomach acid, digestive enzymes, and intestinal motility. So the movement of our food and nutrients through the intestine which impairs digestion. So do you see what's happening here? On what planet is medication and therapy going to fix that? 
It won't. And this is why people are spinning their wheels. And I did it for a long time too. I spun my wheels for four years. And then even if we take the seasonal allergies example, okay, so you take an antihistamine, but what is that doing about the chronic stress? What is that antihistamine doing about the increased pathogenic activity, the gut dysbiosis, the food sensitivities, the increased inflammation, the depletion of glutathione, the high oxidative stress that has turned on our fight or flight nervous system, the low stomach acid, the low digestive enzymes. It's almost laughable when you kind of zoom out and look at it, look at the big picture like, yeah, no shit, all that allergy medication isn't working. Or of course the SSRIs or the SNRIs or whatever the therapy isn't working. It's not you. It's not that you're broken or hopeless or that anxiety is just part of your personality or you're stuck with it forever. It's that you're not addressing all the layers of the onion. You have to address things holistically. You have to peel back all the layers and address all the layers. And yes, that takes time, but is it not worth it? If you could feel um, like a million bucks, if you could feel amazing every day or almost every day or 80% of the time, would it not be worth it? Would the hard work of changing your diet and your lifestyle and your habits not be worth it? And you know what? It's not going to be worth it to a lot of people. A lot of people are going to be just fine taking a pill and experiencing symptoms for the rest of their life, maybe, you know, hopefully a little milder with medication. And that's great. I will never, ever, ever judge someone for their choice, but that is not what I want for my life. And maybe that's not what you want for your life either, because you can feel really fucking good like really good, but you need to put in the work to rebalance the body. So you might be thinking, okay, but what if I haven't experienced chronic stress? You know, I have have a girlfriend that had said this to me a long time ago and in therapy, she has now unpacked that yes, there were some stressful things from her childhood. But when I was having this conversation with her a while back, she was like, I don't, I don't think I really have experienced chronic stress. You know, my childhood was great. My parents were great. Stress is not just mental and emotional. Yes, stress can be trauma. But you know what else is chronic stress? What you eat, a blood sugar imbalance, your environmental and household toxins, digestive imbalances, gut pathogens, inflammation, hormonal imbalances, over-exercising, sleep, not getting enough sleep. These are all nervous system dysregulation, These are all forms of chronic stress, physical chronic stress. Not getting enough sleep is huge. It is one of the biggest forms of stress to the body and everything hinges on this. Okay. Sleep is the foundation. It is the cornerstone. It is everything. We are exposed to so much in our environment every single day that often that's actually not what gets us sick. It's not the bacteria, it's not the viruses that get us sick. It's the weakened immunity from lack of sleep. Are you sleeping eight to nine hours a night? Anything, I 7.5 minimum. I used to say seven and I'm going up. I'm like such a hard ass about sleep, but I'm telling you if, if we don't get, if you are not prioritizing sleep, nothing's going to work. Anything under seven hours a night is going to affect immunity. It's going to affect anxiety and mental functioning and physical performance. I could go on and on and on and on about what's happening in the body with sleep, but let's just get real geeky here for just a few minutes or for just a few facts. Sleep improves something called T-cell functioning, which are basically these killer cells that eliminate pathogens and viruses. Not getting enough sleep creates stress within the body and quite literally increases stress hormones, which will increase anxiety. A single night of sleep deprivation reduces these natural killer cells by 75%. And these cells are how your body responds to invaders. And then sleep promotes cytokine production, but the good ones, the anti-inflammatory cytokines. 
And I know sleep can be really difficult for those with anxiety. I would say about 70% of my clients who come into the Breaking Up with Anxiety group coaching program have trouble with sleeping. The thing about sleep is it's controlled by hormones. So if you have anxiety and you have trouble sleeping, we're definitely looking at a hormonal imbalance for sure. But a hormonal imbalance ain't nothing but a symptom. Stop addressing hormones first. You're doing it ass backwards. I think I get like 10 DMs a day saying, I think my anxiety is hormonal. And they're not wrong. If you think this, you are not wrong, okay? But your hormones are not the problem. They are chemical messengers reacting to something else, mainly your diet, your gut health, and your lifestyle. If you are prioritizing sleep and you're trying really hard to get eight to nine hours of sleep a night and you can't, please check out episode nine of this podcast. It's titled um, Racing Heart, Sleep Issues, and Nervousness Explained. I really spend time in that episode breaking down the body-based imbalances that are making it so that you cannot fall asleep or stay asleep, or maybe even you have insomnia. This insomnia is a symptom. It is not a life sentence. Somebody I knew growing up had insomnia, and I remember the conversations around it, and this person probably still has insomnia. I'm not connected with them anymore, but I remember the conversations around it were just like, you know, he will just always have insomnia and that is it. It's just like not some, it's just something people have and there's no cure for it. And if the, the medication doesn't work, this person is just an insomniac and that is not true. Sleep is near and dear to my heart because I was basically an insomniac for four years and I would knock myself out with Ativan. That's how I ended up getting cut off from it because my psychiatrist saw that I was blowing through the prescription because I had tried everything else. I had tried all the sleeping meds, all the melatonin, all the natural stuff, the CBD, like you name it. Nothing worked except Ativan. And the reason nothing worked was because I wasn't addressing the root causes. Here's what I mean when I say that you're actually trying really hard to sleep eight to nine hours, just in case you're wondering. Trying means you have good sleep hygiene and you have about a 60 to 90 minute wind down routine. You cannot supplement or skip over proper sleep hygiene. They have to all come together and work in unison. You can't like just take supplements for the root causes and not have any sleep hygiene. Like you have to have both. So sleep hygiene is first thing when you wake up, you're getting natural sunlight. If you wake up and it's still dark outside, you can, I use my Orion. I sit in front of my Orion red light, which I love for many, many, many reasons. And then when the sun does come up, then I'm either going outside if the weather's nice on my balcony, going out for a little walk, or at least just standing in front of the window. But getting sunlight, natural sunlight throughout the day is super important. No caffeine after 2 p.m. For some people, this will actually be noon. Try to avoid naps. Keep the bed for sleep and sex only. Blue light blocking glasses one to two hours before bed if you are on electronics. That bright light is really going to impact your ability to sleep. Um, investing in blackout shades or having a really good eye mask. I use, um, I think it's called Manta or Mantra. I think it's called Manta. I'll, I'll link it in the, in the show notes. It's no affiliate link. It's just something that I actually I use and I love. Um, you can block out any noises with earplugs or a sound machine or a fan. I have a sound machine and now in the summer I have a fan. Keep your bedroom cool. Your body naturally cools down for sleep. It should be the coolest room in the house. Maybe invest in a weighted blanket and implement a 60 to 90 minute wind down routine. And what does this wind down routine look like? turning off your electronics, <laughs> getting, not watching TV before bed, getting off your cell phone, getting off your computer, at least 60 minutes. I would love if it could be 90 before bed. Get your friggin' cell phone out of the bedroom. You do not need it for an alarm clock. Get an alarm clock for 10 or $20, a shitty alarm clock. Your phone is not an alarm clock. Try to avoid stimulating conversations um, with like your partner or family members before bed. So no work talk, no emails, no like intense emotional conversations that might be upsetting. You can do like a sleepy time tea, brain dump, uh, a warm shower with lavender essential oils or a warm bath with salts or lavender essential oils again. Um, do like a nice sleepy time yoga flow, a yoga nidra, bedtime yoga nidra. 
restorative yoga. I will sometimes do an online restorative yoga class in bed and it is amazing. You use all these pillows as props and you can just literally float off to sleep. Read, meditate or pray, uh, hypnosis, practice gratitude, nightly castor oil packs. And if you have yet to listen to episode six of this podcast titled Castor Oil Packs, Headaches and Lightheadedness, definitely listen to that because you will hear all about why I love these castor oil packs so much. I use mine every single night and I will use it until the end of time. So if you are doing all of that and you still cannot sleep, it's time to investigate. Oh, and you're also prioritizing going to bed by 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock latest. And then you're getting up at, you know, six, six or seven. If you're doing all of those things and you still cannot sleep, then it's time to investigate what's going on inside your body and what's keeping you from getting good quality sleeps, all of which I explain in episode nine of this podcast. So in conclusion, (laughs) if you are looking to release your anxiety and boost your immune system, which includes the elimination or at the very least massively, massively, massively reducing seasonal allergies, Um, and other environmental allergies, things like that, you need to find balance in the body. You need to bring the body back into balance because your immune system thrives on balance. The state of your gut health, also known as your terrain, is way more important than trying to avoid pathogens. You're not going to avoid pathogens. You can definitely look to reduce your exposure to them, but you're not going to avoid them 100%. Don't even try. Focus instead on the state of your gut health. Develop a daily stress management practice. This doesn't have to be hard or complicated, but it will require usually some lifestyle shifts. Eat whole foods for the love of whatever you believe in. (laughs) And if you're like, what is a whole food? Ask yourself these four questions before buying anything. Did it swim in the sea? Did it run on the land? Did it grow from the earth? Did it grow on a tree? And maybe question five in there, has anything been added to it? buy foods that look like it came from the earth. And if you read a label and don't know what something is, don't buy it. Get enough sleep, go outside, be in sunlight, be in nature as much as possible. Move your body daily. Get outside for a walk. Do not wear sunglasses. Let the sunlight, don't look at the sun, (laughs) but just let the sunlight hit your face and, and get into your eyes. Again, don't stare directly at the sun. And yeah, move your body daily but and exercise, but honor your cycle and your female hormones. Oh yes, and before I wrap up, I wanted to quickly chat about COVID. Now, the thing with COVID is the more severe the symptoms, the more in- inflamed the person likely was to begin with prior to getting COVID. It's not the only explanation, but it is one of them for sure. When we are inflamed, our immune system is already activated as are our stress hormones like cortisol, because one of the many roles of cortisol is to tame inflammation until it becomes this negative loop where the more cortisol your body is pumping out, the more inflamed it's going to be and around and around and around we go. It's like this merry-go-ride, but you want to get off. You want to get off the merry-go-round. And COVID was a new virus. It's one that we hadn't really come into contact with before. So our immune system kicked in big time when we caught it or when we were exposed to it. And there is a lot of gaps in the mainstream information about COVID and how to treat COVID. And there's basically nothing being talked about gut health and mitochondrial health. So this lovely lady who asked this question and said, this is your second round and that you feel worse this time. My question would be, well, what was going on with the gut prior? What did you do to support your gut and mitochondrial health and reduce inflammation levels post-COVID the first time you got it? And my suspicion is probably not much because there's zero information about what actually needs to be done. And I was thinking about this the other day, yesterday, actually, we don't do things we don't know to do, right? So um, I work a day job, right? I work a nine to five for the government of Canada. Uh, I'm an admin and my um, union, I guess, might be going on strike tomorrow. So Wednesday, this will be coming out Thursday. And I've never been part of a union before. And I was telling Steve last night, I was saying, you know, I'm in the dark. I'm not really getting any information about what's going on. I don't know how to sign up for like strike pay because I don't have an account or I can't sign up for strike pay because I don't have an account. And it's been a little unsettling and a little stressful. And he said, well, why don't you have an account? 
And my response was, I didn't know I had to get one. Like, it, it wasn't like I started my first day of work and they were like, here, sign up with an account here with your union so you stay up to date on all of the things. Like, nobody told me that. So it's the same thing with health. You aren't going to do what you don't know to do. So try not to beat yourself up. Now you know so you can make different choices now, right? And when you are hit with a virus, the immune system is doing a lot to support you through this. It's overstimulated. So the key is we don't want to boost the immune system at this point because it's already overstimulated. So the key is we want to refuel and strengthen the immune system. Refuel is the key, not boost. And the best way to do this in the beginning is to reduce inflammation throughout the body and reduce that oxidative stress that I was talking about when I talked about that chronic strain, um, chronic stress chain of events example. If you don't get a handle on inflammation and oxidative stress, they'll feed into each other and then it'll just become this vicious cycle of draining your nutrients and fuel. So nourish, nourish, nourish your body, refuel the body, which means removing inflammatory triggers like gluten, dairy, sugar, corn, soy, vegetable oils. And I would add grains to this, not forever, but in the beginning, if we're really looking to tamper down inflammation, removing grains, um, even the gluten-free ones will get you really far. Eat lots of fresh veggies and fruit and high protein, colorful fruits and veggies to get those antioxidants back up. Mast cell activation also could be happening here. When the inflammation is just so high that it pumps out a lot of histamine and then we have trouble clearing that. So you may want to avoid, I'm assuming kind of this round of COVID has passed because you did ask this question a little while ago. I'm just getting to it now. But for anyone listening, um, COVID is here to stay now. Everyone's going to get it at some point if they haven't got it already. And so these are these things that you want to be thinking about to nourish and refuel the body during if you can, and if not afterwards, for sure. So Avoiding high histamine foods for a few weeks could be really helpful for a lot of people after COVID, not forever, um, but things like avocado eggs, fermented foods, spinach, chocolate, cashews, walnuts. Now, again, this doesn't mean forever, and this is my issue with food sensitivity testing, right? Because it's ultimately testing a symptom, and mast cell activation or histamine intolerance is also just a symptom. Pulling these foods out gives the body a break, which is great, but it doesn't fix the problem the root causes. When gut health is impacted, this makes it really hard to tamper down inflammation. So we have to make sure if we're thinking about inflammation, we, we have the, the big three that we want to start with. So we want to start with diet, gut health, and, and tampering down inflammation in tandem altogether. And then, of course, the virus can impact the adrenals, thyroid, brain, and gut lining. And all of this is going to impact mental health. So we want to think about giving adrenals a bit of a boost as well, or a lot of support at this time which is covered in the Bye Bye Anxiety Bundle and, of course, the Breaking Up With Anxiety Group Coaching Program. Just bringing it back as I close up this conversation to the original question of, you know, what workshops cover all things immune health. Based, most of my workshops do. The emphasis is on anxiety, but we need to stop treating anxiety as separate from the rest of the body. Everything is connected and everything starts in the gut. that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I have one quick favor to ask you before you go. If you love today's episode, I would so appreciate if you left a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to right now. My goal with this podcast is to reach as many people as possible to spread awareness that anxiety is not this incurable disease. It's not something we just have to live with. It's definitely not just part of your personality, and there are body-based imbalances that need to be addressed in order to truly be free from chronic anxiety. With awareness comes action, and the more people this podcast can reach, the less people will struggle with anxiety. And positive reviews are the number one way to help new people discover the show. 
You are the best. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so, so, so much. One last thing, my legal medical disclaimer. The Breaking Up With Anxiety podcast with me, Taylor Jandro, is for general information and educational purposes only. And the advice and recommendations I give or my guests give throughout the episodes do not replace medical advice. The consumption of this podcast does not qualify as a practitioner-client relationship with me, and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. Yes, I am a nutritionist, but I am not your nutritionist. So please discuss any changes with your primary healthcare provider. Okay, that's it. Until the next episode, bye for now.